Hey guys, sorry that I was running behind for today's recording. I you know that I said that I was in the bathroom, uh, but really, it's <laughs> a new new trailer for that '90s show dropped. And, oh uh, shit! I heard yeah. it has some exclusive footage that had a few frames, but still some exclusive footage uh, that hadn't been seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I'm. I, I just you know I had to prioritize it because I got to get some f- reactions. Did- did you? Uh, did they have the scene where Fez gets pogs? No, Fez is a hairstylist now. Okay, um, and he runs a hair cutting place. Okay. So that's kind of and he his gives deal. them all the Rachel. Um. Yeah, I, I bet there's a lot of conversation <laughs> about the Rachel. <laughs> um, the two old dogs for the last one, they're, they're back, and the dad is not happy about all these teens running around. Oh, I bet. If you're worried about. If they're the kids of them, they are. Yeah, yeah, no problems there. They are the kids of them. Kurt, Kurtwood couldn't just skate by on the residuals from Robocop. I was right. gonna say, I always hoped that that would be the ending. That they'll do the '90s show. Gradually, he'll become a nemesis of a new modern cop who is part <laughs> man, part robot. And at the end, he will be exploded by the front of a truck. Um, but it looks good. I mean, <laughs> sure, <we're>, man. <laughs> We're excited for this one. <laughs> cool. Fingers on yeah, the pulse. Yeah, man. Gonna be cool. Gonna be cool. A weird intro, I would say, to the besties is just sort of street team viral marketing for that 90s <laughs> show. Yeah, we're not even paid for that. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> really kicking off some dust. My name is Justin McRae, and I know the best game. <laughs> I was about to say of the week. That's not the best game of the the week. My name is Griffin McRoy, and I am a super soldier clone made up from the gene, uh, soldier genomes uh, using the uh, 20th century analog cloning and the super baby method. Les enfants terribles. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and thanks to having access to your podcast feed, I know that you also like... Beep, 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 boop, beep, beep. Giant bomb. <laughs> my name is Russ Frustick, and I know the best game of the battlefield. Oh, my gosh. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the Besties, where we talk usually about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. But uh, this week in our video game club that you have joined just by listening, uh, we're going to begin a journey through the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Um, all the way back, we're going to take you all the way back to, I guess, by my math, this year will mark the 25th anniversary of Metal Gear Solid. Oh, look at that. We got um, a news peg. There's our news peg right there. Yeah. I found it. I um, mean, Metal so- Gear did exist before Metal Gear. So if we did want to go back to the roots We don't. It, okay, we don't. good. <laughs> yes, we don't. <laughs> we're just talking about Metal Gear Solid games. Great, we're great, just great. talking about Metal Gear Solid That's games. how it all starts. It, how many? Okay. Don't think about it. How many Metal Gear Solid games are there in your all's view? Okay. Yeah, but are we counting again? Oh, we're not. Are we counting Metal Gear One and Two? I said, don't think about okay. it. You know what I mean? How many Metal Gear Solid seventeen games? Seven games. I said seventeen. Seventeen. Okay, that's wild. Are, are we, we counting Metal Gear it? Rising Revengeance? 
Um, sure, yeah. Count Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Are we counting portable ops? Sure, yeah. Just looking for an estimate gut check. I think it's more than that. I think it's probably closer to 20. I, I think it's 23. Huh. Well, I don't That's know. just a guess. <laughs> Wait, Justin, do you not know the answer to this? <laughs> no, I'm just interested to see what you guys thought. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right, write in and tell us how many games there are. Yeah, write in how many you think. Looking at, looking at, um, uh, okay, count real quick. Okay? It's 23. We'll it is 23. Is it 23? Yeah, yeah. I'm on the Wikipedia oh, page. <laughs> and there's seven main ones. Yeah. Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, Metal Gear Solid, and then the, those five. I Metal feel Gear like Solid Ghost games. Babble should be a main one. You can feel however you want. I feel like VR missions should be shot to the side. I wasn't saying yeah, it also VR gets VR. tricky because Metal Gear Five, Metal Gear Solid Five, is two games. Yeah. Oh, that's we're a great... off, guys. We're off to a fucking great start this with this. Great. Like, really this is great. Dive. This is like really okay. entertaining. What are we talking about today? I guess today we're talking about Metal Gear Solid from 1998. Came good out game, on PlayStation. Good year for games. Yeah, came out on PlayStation. Here's my old man memories of of Metal Gear. It was, of course, a very uh, big departure from a lot of other NES games when the original Metal Gear launched. Um, and that was, uh, it was really hard. <laughs> it was really hard to play. That's what I remember from being a kid. I also, my other exposure to this franchise is that I read the Worlds of Power book. Fuck yeah. Metal Gear by FX9. Great book. Uh, which is a novelization that probably the novel, the American novel with most references to colored key cards <laughs> would be Metal Gear by FX9 from the Worlds of Power franchise. But that's a still a, a rough transition to what we are talking about today. Which, but it's which a long gap Gear is solid. the main thing I wanted to say. There's like a there's like a 12-year gap between the, uh, or 11-year gap between Metal Gear and Metal Gear Solid. Um, the other thing I remember is reading in a magazine that Metal Gear Solid would feature Red Book audio. And I was so excited, even though I didn't know exactly what that meant. I was really excited about it having Red Book audio. Is that like Red Shoe Diaries? No, it's uh, it's it's like digital, actual recorded audio versus like what you would get the synthesis the yeah, synthesize yeah, yeah. effect of of cartridge game got it we should we should probably take a break and then we'll jump in yeah that was that we've given you everything you need to know <laughs> before the fold yeah um, but now we're turning the page to this commercial you go get a phone you just want a phone talk to your friends and family you're not asking so much then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get 
your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Should we start with what was all our first time that we played this game? Should we start with what Metal Gear Solid is? Yeah, maybe that's even a better idea. It's very simple. You are a 1980s action movie type of spy named Solid Snake, and you are being sent to Shadow Moses Island up in Alaska, and you need to stop a group of terrorists who are going to, I don't know, set off nuclear weapons, you think, unless they get their ransom, which is a billion dollars and access to the body of Big Boss. Mm -hmm. And then you go about killing them all. And it turns out that, like, that's not actually exactly what they want and why they're there. Yeah, there's a whole yep. lot of other reasons. I think that's, that's like that's like it, right? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. This was the first game to have a sort of twist plot in it. Um, Hideo Kojima was the first one to kind of do like a surprise innovation. <laughs> the first <plot>. ever surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you, you play it, and you're surprise. like, I can't wait to get like the coolest gun, blow up uh, the big bad guy. But then at the end, you find out that maybe um, like America. This is gonna sound weird, but like maybe America's the the bad guy. Anyway, Come on. yeah. Well, it, yeah, I can't pretend like I understand the intricacies of the plot of the Metal Gear friend. That's actually not true. I the first apartment <laughs> I ever lived in, I lived with uh, a dude named Jacob Dunkel, who was the world's biggest fucking Metal Gear fan. And I learned I it was a masterclass in this franchise. Uh, it was when PS. What was the PS3 one? Metal Gear Solid Four, Guns of the Patriots. Yes, just a lot of buzz about that. I know oh, yeah. everything there is to know. I'm an encyclopedia, thanks to my friend Jacob Dunkel. Oh, good. You'll so, be useful here. Yeah. Any questions you have, uh, I, I I can answer. Okay. So now now should we talk about how the game works, or do you want to now? Do you want to go into I wanna, personal? I, I want to hum, humanize it a little bit because I feel like a lot okay. of people uh, listening may already at least know the outlines of this game where you're a spy and you run through places. When was the first time you guys played this game? We got it, I think, for Christmas at launch. Most of the video games we got in our household growing up were Christmas presents mm. or or like completely lopsided Babbage's trade-ins where we gave up like every game we owned in order to get like <laughs> Ocarina of Time. Uh, but this was, I believe, a Christmas a Christmas drop in the McRoy household. Uh, and we probably were all playing it at roughly the same time at different uh, sa- safe places. And you played and, it uh, at, um, on PlayStation, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this followed a brief period of like game video game indifference from us. Like Ooh. we had a... a super nes and we kind of fell out after that for a while like we played in 64 but it wasn't as much and it was final fantasy 7 yeah being released on the playstation where we're like well guys we got to get a playstation we yeah. got to do it um we used to get official playstation magazine and it would have a demo disc with a bunch of different games on it i don't remember if metal gear was one of them but i'm trying to put a pin in the time period right this is what this is what you come to this show for. Right. <laughs> invaluable historical recollection. Vague recollection. Honest, honest to God. You talk about this game. You talk about this franchise. You talk about pretty much any Hideo Kojima game. And like 
the story is the long the long narrative weirdness of the games, right? Like that they are military fantasy, spy fantasy without editing. Yeah, it's it's with, like with if no editing. It's like if Tom all. Clancy took a bunch of mushrooms and then wrote a script. Basically. And then and then the editor was like, "All right, I'll take a pass." And then Clancy was like, "No, you won't. <laughs> it's going to go out like it's going to go out exactly like this." Which is like now in 2023 when video games have been doing narrative shit that has, you know, we've run the gamut, right? This this uh this medium has sort of technologically and narratively evolved a lot in the 25 years since since Metal Gear Solid came out. But when Metal Gear Solid came out and had this like huge branching story with hours of cutscenes and you know uh hours of voiceover and uh all of this kind of like polish uh it was like a, an event it was a it was a blockbuster in the truest sense of of the word and so it was tens 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 across the board and it was this hugely hugely influential game which is being there for that i think was necessary to kind of understand this this game's place in the uh the pantheon yeah because if, if you come at it now it, if you come at it now holy shit <laughs> it's been a, it's been a minute since i've sat down with metal gear solid i do want to say i played uh twin snakes the gamecube hmm. uh, okay, version which was a mistake yeah. uh twin snakes was the gamecube version that came out uh god i don't know how much later uh, it came out. The GameCube was a full generation after the PlayStation, uh, but it, it folds in some of 2004. the... 2004. Okay, so six years after. Uh, it folds in some of the stuff that Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, adds in. Like, there's you can I think do, we're like, getting in the weeds a little aiming. bit. Okay, maybe a little bit, but uh, yeah, holy shit, this game, this game is really, by today's standards, pretty far up its own butt. Uh, it's pretty pretty far up there, I think, even compared to you know, a Death Stranding or a more modern Kojima jam. Uh, it's 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 pretty deep in there, man. Really? Uh, I, I thought the yeah. exact opposite. Me too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I thought it was like, you, you mentioned like no editing. It felt like, oh, this is before Kojima could truly just do whatever he wanted and everybody had to accept it. There's like a, an amount of restraint here. This, this, like I could follow the story, for one. That is true. That's and, a rarity. Um, the, yeah. the, the perviness... Is like uh, a, it's a bad. female character uh, sways her tush, and he's like, "I noticed you because you have a butt." Yes, um, it's a like, plot point. It, yeah, it's game. a plot point. Yeah, the butt is a plot point. But but if that were done in like Metal Gear Solid Five period, that person would just be entirely naked. And it would be like, <laughs> they can't breathe unless their butt has air. Yeah. And um, most of her DNA is the Constitution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> there, there, there is there's restraint here that, um, yeah, I don't know. I found it very quaint, most of this game. Uh, one thing that did jump out at me, uh, obviously, graphically, it's been a long time since this game came out. But I did think, and and I think having the 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 uh rudimentary graphics kind of highlights this you see almost immediately the difference between kojima as a director and most other 3d games that have aged so poorly mm -hmm. because kojima more than a lot of people who are making games at this time knows where to put the camera 
He knows like how to make camera movements that feel engaging. Are we talking about the cutscenes or th- in the, the cutscenes specifically? Yeah, I mean, I I think that it, it the opening especially yeah, yeah. It, it, the opening all of it like he's the the camera angles are interesting, right? It's not just like a a blank wall with characters standing in front of it. You get like uh, uh, a lot of different zooms and cuts that make it feel like more dynamic, uh, considering how much. Uh, chat I was there is I was reading about his uh, backstory a little bit just to refresh myself and apparently when he was growing up his parents would force him to watch a movie a night regardless of like homework or anything they would all have to sit and watch a movie so he was essentially programmed from a very early age to be like fully obsessed with film which tracks for his entire career really yeah, I, I, I really liked the limitations of this game. I'm curious how the later games are going to be for us, you know, revisiting them. Yeah. But it felt, because it's on PlayStation 1, because there just wasn't a whole lot he could do that he couldn't go, like, full all out, I'm just making a movie. You know, he can, I, he can yeah. frame the camera, he can do those things, but, like, scenes can't go on that long because effectively these are, it's like watching a puppet show inspired by movies but you are like these characters you know their faces don't move right they're Uh, they're just like human puppets i do miss i do wish i'd played the playstation one version because i actually really fucking love that vibe that Mm. aesthetic it looks so sick to me and this just kind of looked like you know a shitty playstation 2 era facial animations i want to say real quick because i i talked about how the, the lack of editing. I do think that you all are giving Kojima a lot of credit. Me too. Because <laughs> I think that the reason that this game doesn't go, you know, as ham as, say, Metal Gear Solid 4 does with its hours-long cutscenes is just because of the technical limitations of the time. Right. If the hardware was stronger, my man would have gone even more bananas. I don't know how far everyone got uh, in, into the game, but I remembered the almost 20 minute long monologue that Liquid Snake gives at the end of the game where he kind of like, he doesn't even explain the plot. He like explains like a lot of minutia about genome soldiers and all of that jazz. Uh, and I watched that cut scene this morning to really get in the right headspace. <laughs> and y'all, it's fucking, if you, it's fucking bananas. If you have never seen or played this game, just watch that 20 minute long bit where he talks about fucking how Gulf War syndrome is actually an undercover operation for, to create super soldier babies. Are you babies. complaining right now or are you, are you praising? God, I don't, it's not like anything else. It's not like anything. It's not like yeah, another it, thing that I've seen. It's not. Go, it's not good writing, but it's like also not like anything I've ever seen. It's before engaging or after. writing. I don't know sort about of. that even. I, yeah, I found it engaging. I find it more engaging than like Metal Gear Solid Four. Right there, there, there are hills and valleys for Kojima stuff. Like, yes. I mean, obviously, I like Destiny. I can sit through the Die Hardman monologues. Um, I agree. I agree that it's like it, it's because the restraints that this works better. But I also think. That kind of almost is beside the point. Like, I I mean, well, actually, let's talk about the restraints. Because I think the irony here is the restraints make Kojima better as a director and make him worse as a game designer. Because the game, holy moly, does not hold up well in terms of a fun object. (laughs) Um, This isn't like Mario 64 where, you know, it both creates the genre and is, like, still good to today. This game is tough to 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 eat 
just just to give a simple example, most of the game for people that haven't played it, I'm sure there's a number of them because there really hasn't been a recent re-release of this game in ages. For people that haven't played it, the most of the game is played from a top-down perspective. Your range of vision while you're running around top-down is about 10 feet. Yes. You will <laughs> constantly throughout this game be firing off the screen at enemies you cannot see, even though you know they're there because of the radar, hoping to God that your shots land and kill them or t- take them out or whatever it is. And you'll you'll use like the energy meter. And this was sort of alleviated in Twin Snakes with Griffin. And actually, I played more Twin Snakes than the P- PlayStation version because you could first person aim and shoot people further on but the game was not designed with that in mind so the game essentially breaks if you abuse the first person aiming which is to say there's a lot of things in this game that just do not i mean they make sense because the technical limitations but from a design standpoint just have aged horribly and aren't very fun not a joke every boss fight is bad and i don't know how (laughs) except of course for fucking psychomantis which is like and that's we'll talk, not I fun because we'll of the gameplay special, reason. We'll have it's, a special breakout session to discuss Psycho We should, Mantis. yeah. <laughs> uh, but every boss fight is just like fire a rocket at this tank from... I, I actually like the Vulcan Raven from. fight, for what it's worth. That's the one the, where you have to steer the missiles? No, it's like the one where corners. he has like the giant minigun and you, you're like hiding behind yeah. the uh, crates and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, that one's pretty good. It's, it fe- it is sort of it's mechanically v- pretty clumsy. Uh, I will say though it's interesting. Uh, the what jumped out at me about the mechanic, which does feel, I mean, it feels cl- there's the key thing to me that feels bad about this game. The camera is probably number one, but close after. If you sneak up on somebody and you're like running up behind them, if you're holding the attack button, then you'll flip them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like so you have to get, but if you're still, you'll choke them out. So it's this game of like <laughs> run up close to them and then let go at the exact right time to choke them. Um, cause again, the, the guns are so disastrous to use that I, I typically go with the, um, choking people out. But it, what I was going to say, uh, it is interesting. I think that this game has so many different, like it, it doesn't super get into like a repeatable rhythm. Mm, that's true. Um, it's weird. Like, you know, they talk about, I, I forget which one of the Halo designers was. It was like, you find your like 30 second loop of fun with the thing that's fun and then you repeat it. And this game like really doesn't get into a rhythm. And I mean that as a compliment, even though it's usually a negative, like the things you're being asked to do from moment to moment are very different from, I mean, one second you're steering a missile through these hallways and then, you know, you have to uh, uh, find, like, a hole in the wall that you have to use C4 on to blow it up. And it doesn't explicit, like, it hints around it, but it doesn't say, like, I know it seems weird to you, but you're going to have to use first-person camera to find a crack in the wall and then use C4 to blow it up. Like, but different stuff, uh, just moment to moment, like, it's not a repeated loop. It is a... Uh, um, uh, you know, a specific situation. Yeah, I wouldn't. With. It's not a series of mini games, but it almost feels that way. Which, which makes sense if you think about like a James Bond movie. Like, yeah. it's not going to be the same him running through a corridor shooting guys over and over again. It's going to be like, oh, I need to deal with this scenario and this scenario, and that's um, obviously what he was pulling from. It's also very weird 
to get it took me forever to get used to the idea that enemies can't hear you. <laughs> I, it, you don't know how many times well, I rolled up knock. on somebody. Got, you can do like the knock a track. That's true. No, yeah, they I can't mean, hear you like walking on a steel, you know, catwalk above them. But now the catwalks, that, okay, That's, some of the catwalks do make they noise. They do make noise, actually. That's the <laughs> But too? most of them, like, you can run right up behind a guard. <laughs> it oh does not, gosh. like, uh, it, it is just vision cones, and their vision cones are not in, not impressive. That's not to say it's a cakewalk, yeah. because, again, the camera's really working against you pretty much all the time. Um, Kojima is best when he's kind of getting all silly with it. And this game has that a lot, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> um, I think that pretty much every soldier that has dialogue in the game is like, oh, my diarrhea is so bad. I'm going to die. <laughs> like all of them, like every one of them is like, oh, I farted on my porno mags. Like all of them. Every one Wait, of them. you two are an otaku. Right. And even though at the end of the thing, the fucking 20 minute liquid snake thing reveals that, Every soldier in the island is like technically your genetic <laughs> clone. <laughs> These soldier babies from fucking uh, the Gulf War. Uh, and even though like you're cool and smoke and do flips and shoot rockets, and they're like, oh man, this die die though, it's so bad. <laughs> I live on the toilet. Um, Psycho Mantis is the, I think, pinnacle of this because it is just. It's a psychic villain uh, who floats in the air and he mind controls Meryl and tries to make her kill you. But then you're like, hey, cut that out. And he's like, okay, I'm going to talk to you for like 15 minutes. <laughs> and he will. It, it's so fucking funny to have Solid Snake standing there, gun in his hand, while fucking Psycho Mantis floats five feet in front of him and is just like, I'm going to scan your memory card. I'm going to talk about Luigi's Mansion. You like Super Smash Brothers <laughs> Melee. And it's, why Why does he do this thing? And then he's like, set your controller on the ground. Oh, I love and that. And I will move it with my mind. And me, Griffin, age, you know, 11, is like, you're going to vibrate. This guy used the vibration. And I'm like, shoot him, Solid Snake. What are you doing? Shoot him to death. But instead, you're just going to stand there and watch him be like, you like the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, don't you? It's fucking hysterical and funny and great still to this day. Still the best shit ever. Uh, and it's my, it's my favorite Kojima stuff. And it's the only thing I want out of these games. And I actually and think like... That becomes more common in later games. Absolutely. Where he gets just way sillier with his shit. Low-key, my favorite Metal Gear Solid game is 2 because it's bananas. It is out. It is completely ridiculous. Okay. Uh, and that's that's fun for me, the, the rest of my game. I, we'll I want to talk about Twin Snakes for a second because I know Twin okay. Snakes gets a bad rap and Griffin already confirmed that like he would prefer to play it. And I do agree oh with God, Griffin. Yeah. The visuals of the PlayStation version are preferred cool. i like that aesthetic better but yeah. the cutscenes in twin snakes which were fully redone by a different director not kojima they brought in a different director to do the cutscenes, are actually way closer to kojima's later style than so they were originally because there's like full-on butts there's a <laughs> the scene when you first run into meryl um, and she's already knocked out a guard and you're like confronting her because she's, you know, in disguise, whatever it is. Centered in the middle of that scene is a guard whose butt is in the air and they like blur out his butt crack. But like yeah. 
you do Head not get hole, that uh, level. Presumably, that, that's in the, the yeah. PS4 but he's wearing underwear. Version. I think he's not like no. It's, it's I believe it's blurred out. Really, and it's a butt. I'm pretty sure. Well, regardless, yeah, yeah, yeah. there are a lot of... There's, like, a number... They added a bunch of, like, uh, Otacon, like, falling down hills repeatedly, which I think... <laughs> yeah. Funny. They added... <laughs> Funny just hearing about it, man. Uh, so I, I just think that... I'm, I'm not necessarily saying it's better, but it is more consistent with, like, the physical humor of his later games, yes. The real Kojima game is the one Kojima never made. I, uh... uh just another... Well, we're talking about the look and stuff. Uh, fun facts... Fun, fun, fun facts about Metal Gear Solid. Um, uh, the lead character, Snake, is actually a hybrid of three different uh, famous actors. The voice, obviously, by David Hayter is modeled on um, uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's performance yep. as Snake Plissken in the uh, Escape movies, both of them. Uh, his body is modeled on that of Jean-Claude Van Damme oh. in this one. And his face was modeled on... Do you know this? Christopher Walken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, what? <laughs> that is what the, the uh, Wikipedia entry says, that the body's Jean-Claude. I mean, the body. Faced by Chris Walken. The body feels like a reach, because, like, PlayStation graphics, what are you looking at? It's like 16 polygons. Is that really him? Yeah. I think Who it knows? might be more his, like, stance. I mean, I don't think punches. he modeled for it. No, I, sure. I think they just looked at his butt and his <laughs> body. Let's, let's, to, to, let's put a bow on this. I, I I didn't finish it. I w- I think I may have actually made a, a swing at finishing it if I was playing original PS One, uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, I really did not enjoy Twin Snakes. And if you are going to follow along uh, in our footsteps, do play the original, not Twin Snakes. I really feel like that. Yeah, I agree with that. That is the way to go. Uh, but it was I I uh, I enjoyed the sort of weirdness that I remembered about this game. I really didn't like playing it. Uh, really, really at all. The the playing of it, it had a bad hand feel. Yeah. I would say uh, <laughs> with all my time with it, and I don't know that that improves. Right? I've never really known this franchise except for five, which no, gets, no, like, no. It definitely zany. definitely improves. I would say okay. to a lesser extent in two, in three, I think three holds up as like a modern game still especially the the yeah subsistence specifically which fixes the camera Um, i'm primed for a remake on this i hope we get Uh, there it has been rumored so it is possible and konami you know can uh, essentially do whatever they want with it so wouldn't surprise me yeah and probably won't be through konami i believe i i think this is like a sony partnership with konami and it would be coming from the studio that did dark souls oh wow or, um demon Souls. that's Sorry. a big rumor that, that's that's the rumor is that confirmed from chris plant no no not at all that's it's, wow. it's like an ongoing rumor that would be um insane. Blue point? very in favor Bef- yeah blue point uh out of austin texas before we wrap up um this section so metal gear solid one it's done you probably did not get a chance to play it alongside us. That's for the better. If you're going to play Metal Gear Solid, play the Game Boy Color version. It's great. Kind well, of a separate to game, be though. clear, that is a completely different game. And it, yes, it, it is. It is. It is. But the point is. is, it's really, really hard to play this game. So a question that we were asked by Gray and Stam on Twitter, cutting a little bit of listener mail right here, is how would you play it? And the answer is, uh, good luck. The easiest way to play this game legally is with the um, PlayStation Mini console, which you can still buy on Amazon or Best Buy, and it's included in that. Otherwise, it Except is... Except it sucks, right? 
in the PlayStation Mini, like, not great? I mean, I think, like, by, like, digital foundry standards, but I think for most people, you can play it and be like, hey, it's the game. Um, but f- otherwise, like, emulation or buying an original PlayStation and getting an original copy of the game. And if you're doing emulation, you should own a copy of the game anyway. Is there no, like, PS1 classics so, on, like, the storefront? There was a PS3 game called Metal Gear Solid Legacy Collection, and you could buy it there. I know. Interesting. And it was like a limited disc. Um, for people who want to play Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 uh, coming up with us, because those are still a little more difficult, there is an HD collection that was available on PS3 and Xbox 360. Um, you can also play Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 on PC through good old games. For what it's worth, um, that's the first place that I played Metal Gear Solid 1 was on PC in, like, the year 2000. So. Yes. Oh. And then Metal Gear Solid 3, you can weirdly play on the Nintendo 3DS. Yeah, that's um, true. But yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep you all posted. Metal Gear Solid 2 is coming up. It'll be, I'm sure, a little And I can't convince you guys to do an episode on Ghost Babble, right? Because it, it genuinely is, like, one of my top three favorite Metal I, Gear Solid I think Ghost Babble kicks ass. Wait, Ghost Rebel is the Game Boy Color yeah, one, right? Yeah, it's the Game Boy Color yeah. one. Yeah, I, I will 100% do it. I love that game. It is so now, what fucking about, good that I think we What need about to... Metal Gear Acid, the card-based... No. Oh, man. No. Deck builder. No. no. I think... Okay. Uh, how about this? Let's do Ghost Rebel as a as a All of Us episode. Maybe we should bring our own special weirdo Metal Gear Oh, game yeah, we'll each pick our favorite... For a separate sure. <laughs> Yeah, we can up. do that later in the year. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so we'll, we it's will give you warning when we're going to do the Ghost Babble episode. <laughs> we'll probably give you a, a week's worth of warning, so just keep an yeah. ear out. It'll be a little while. Basically, when things are slow, we will do it. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos. You can do whatever you want. And it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames. And they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, rocket money they make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need keep the ones you want get rid of the rest here's how it works rocket money is a personal finance app that finds 
and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. You like Castlevania, don't you? <laughs> it's a great, it's a great read. Great read. Perfect it's read. It's a great read. No great notes. Read. But we're done talking about the Psycho Mantis. Did um, we even say the cool thing that you had to do? Oh, where you switch your controller port? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, re- it cool. was a really smart idea. It was so cool. That, bl- that freaked me out as a kid, man. But I probably read it in some magazine. We wanted to try some. We wanted to try something new with this uh, TV segment where we're going to talk about The Last of Us, and we're going to have kind of like a point counterpoint. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. I thought this would be kind of cool. And so Chris and I really wanted to watch it, but we're coming at it from the perspective of like people who didn't want to watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then Griffin and Russ are coming at it from the perspective of people who are really, really excited to watch it. That's interesting. That, See, I'm actually coming at it from a third perspective, which is that somebody who didn't want to watch it, but was told that they were going to discuss it on the podcast that they do. And that's also so me. Assuming that all, that 100% <laughs> I, of the members of that podcast would do the homework, I guess, if you want to call it now, that. Now, Russ, you just said you didn't want to watch it. So if we have four people that didn't want to watch it, why did you but choose this? Wait, 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 wait. I did want to watch it. But I, I so didn't. four different positions. <laughs> didn't want to okay. watch it. Didn't. Didn't want to watch it. Didn't watch it. Did want to watch it. Did watch it. Didn't want to watch it. Did watch it. We okay, got our own little Punnett square of disinterest. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> fine. Okay, just to be really clear, it, I don't know if it's, get, let's get as clear as fucking possible. I don't okay. know if it's disinterest as much as whether I had a stomach to experience The Last of Us again, given yeah. the tonal darkness St- of the yeah. series. Straight up, let's do this thing. I'm not willing to pay the dead kid tax to watch a, a piece of media. If the fil- if the film or, or television show is like, hey, I got a great story for you, really gripping, lots of drama and action and excitement, and the child does die pretty horrifically right in the very beginning, that is not And then a- they go ahead and toss in one more just for good measure. Man, they do two back-to-back yeah. kid deaths in this film. Uh, in this t- in this TV pilot, um, here I uh, we're we're coming at this I think pretty hot and heavy. I did actually think it was pretty good, and I think it's extremely good. I, like, I think it's extremely good. I think it's shockingly faithful. That's the thing that is like most surprising. Maybe the thing we can focus most on because I think it would surprise anybody how at certain points almost frame by frame, yeah, pretty uncanny. It is a recreation of the opening of The Last of Us. And, and um, I, you know, a lot of this is A, going to have spoilers in it, and B, you know, might not make a ton of sense if you haven't played The Last of Us, but there are sequences like the intro sequence, the cold open, if right. you will, where you're essentially escaping from a, you know, mushroom zombie apocalypse, 
And well, uh, you're 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 escaping from the opening moments. Uh, the, the way that the pilot sort of builds that tension mm-hmm. of like something is terribly wrong from like a radio report that you hear from Jakarta in the morning, and then in the afternoon, it's like. Oh man, Mrs. Henderson sure is acting weird. Yeah. Uh, to like you know the almost one shot driving away from their house and you know getting stopped by traffic and then the car explodes and then they're running barefoot through this like all that shit works really really well and, and was expanded like that's a lot more than what was in the game. The game really just has like ten minutes of like it's nighttime and something's going yeah. wrong. Um, I think it. Uh, I I for what I think it really hit that opening sequence hard for me because when I played the last of us originally, uh, I was in Austin and the game, you know, starts out in Austin and there's like a point where you, you reach an intersection in the car in this like long, uh, one shot. Uh, and are you running in the, in, in front of the car? Is that you? No. Yeah. You're no, you're, (laughs) you're driving in the car and you reach this intersection where it's like, well, I'm going to get on 71. Uh, and, I remember seeing that shot in the game and being like, oh, wow, that's like, I know, I kind of know where they're supposed to be right now. And that exact thing happens in the TV show. Anyway, really, 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 really faithful. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I, think that that is probably the most surprising thing about it is that it, it adheres to the the script and the scenario of the game, like religiously. You know what it made me realize? Used to. Does that? that make you realize the game itself? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I <laughs> think the, the problem, I think it, all it did was highlight how much of a better movie and watching experience. The last of us one is versus a gameplay experience, which is a, I actually think it's a fine gameplay experience. I don't think it's bad by any means, but narratively, yeah. And the cutscenes and the performances are 100% the star of the show there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, more or less, we're, we're chopping out a lot of the, like, drier the puzzles, puzzles it, and the stealth sequence, like, all that stuff. And it's just the fucking prime beef of that series. Yeah. Prime yeah. beef. And so, I mean, that's pretty fucking good. And, and, and yeah. like, just, like, it's shot beautifully. The production's beautiful. The performances from uh, Pedro Pascal and um, Bella Ramsey are like through the roof, insanely good and faithful to the game without being like, I guess, beholden to the game. Um, And I just, I was just like pretty blown away by the effort. And with that said, I do not think that I can continue watching because it is just not the show that I have a stomach for right now. There are tons and tons of people that watch The Walking Dead and loved it. So I know that there is an audience for this show, especially for people that haven't played the games and don't know where it's going. But I just don't know that I am one of those people. So I, I'm curious to watch a few episodes in a go. Having like talked with the team at Polygon who, who have watched it, it sounds like it's more episodic or standalone almost. Um, the end individual episodes, you mean? Yeah, yeah, I would hope, yeah. I so would like, hope that the episodes would be episodic. Well, well, so what I mean by that is like it's not serial. Like yeah. it's not. It, it is not. Um, hey, we're just going to continue on from where this first episode went. That like, oh, now we meet these two characters and we get their that, very deep, beautiful story. But that's in line with the game. The game was structured yeah, episodically true. as well. That's true. You are, but it's smart though. To that point, it allows you to trim some of those more mechanical segments. Like, 
it, there's not going to be a direct one to one, and and it it's smart if they're pulling segments out to allow themselves to like forward uh, fast forward past some of the more mechanical and, and it lets segments. you breathe like what you're saying of you know is every episode going to be as dark as the beginning of right. the, the last of us one game you know getting different characters different tones somewhat different genres like i i just think it's a clever approach again, yeah I, we'll, but again we'll i would say like on. i don't think it's a departure from the game which also had like tonal like oh this yeah. is a moment you could really breathe and take it in and here's like a visual like a like a really guess, pretty landscape or whatever. Yeah, Joel was just such an asshole. Their relationship was just like so tough, and just everything about him trying to convert his ward slash like human cargo. I don't I don't know a good way of describing that into his makeshift daughter. I don't know that that it's so dark. It's such a tough hang, even more than the zombies and the apocalypse. You're talking about the game specifically. That, yeah, in the game, and the idea of getting a break from that uh, on the regular seems like a way for me to make it through this show. But I, I, I agree. I was listening to um the Watch, which is this like a Ringer podcast about television that I I love, and they made the point of like an up elevator versus a down elevator. That you know when you watch Station Eleven, that's an up elevator. Like all the bad stuff has happened, and now you're watching society get yeah. better. And Last of Us is a down elevator. Like you're you're just at the beginning of the shit sandwich, and I that makes perfect sense for what you're saying. Of it, it, the idea of getting on a down elevator right now seems tough. Yeah, and we only know it's a down elevator because we've played the game. Like I think most people would think, oh, the apocalypse happened. People made society. They figured things out more or less, and now yeah. it's sort of like dealing with that. But we, so I mean, worse. it just gets more and more fucked up as it goes. And that's not like. This is this is why I feel really ill-equipped to talk about shows like this. In that, like, uh, same thing with like Chernobyl, right? Which has the same is the same director, same showrunner, same showrunner, Craig Mason, uh, I believe. Ex- excellent, amazing yeah. show. I watched the first episode and was like, I can't fucking ha- like this is a brutal watch, and I I guess it just comes down to taste, uh, like like all things when you're consuming media, where like I can watch this and be simultaneously like really impressed with the adaptation with the faithfulness of the adaptation and with the quality of the production and acting and all of that and also not want to not want to watch it anymore because it feel it's a bad feel it's a real bad feeling show uh i i think and it's hard to honestly we used to watch walking dead too and i it was honestly around uh the pandemic i think uh when when old old covid-19 first started to hit that we were like i don't actually want to watch a show that is such a bleak view of uh of of humanity at large in a time where that view is of you know not uncommon IRL uh and so yeah i don't know i don't know what it's going to take for me to get back on board with a zombie show but it's this seems like a good one of them. Did any of y'all watch Station Eleven? No, no. Strongly recommend it, especially for anybody listening who who is enjoying Last of Us. It was a fantastic TV show. Um, it, it also about a. I mean, it's basically COVID, <laughs> the TV show of airborne virus spreads and kills like ninety nine percent of the population. And then the people who are left have, like, kind of formed societies, and it's about a traveling theater troupe 
um, that is going from town to town to make money. Uh, that sounds good. Very, 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 very good. Is it a movie or a TV show? It's a TV show, but it's a one-off. Not so. that you can really tell the difference these yeah, days. Yeah, I think it's like, I, mean? I don't these... know, nine or ten episodes, and Some of these that's, things. that's it. There's no more of it. So we got the email about how how, how to play it, <laughs> Metal Gear. <laughs> um, uh, here's a question from Sludge. An MGS movie has been in early development for years. Could a faithful film adaptation ever get made? What would have to change to make it work as a Hollywood blockbuster? A faithful film adaptation could get made. It would get fucking ravaged by literally everyone. No one would come away happy. Even the Except diehard my fans. My old of... roommate Jacob Dunkel would eat that shit up. Yeah, but he wouldn't be happy because if you for the people that like want a literally faithful adaptation, they're never going to be happy with some small aspect that will spiral for them to the point where it ruins the entire project. And then yeah. for everyone else. They're going to be watching something that is almost intelligible, unintelligible, I should say. So uh, uh, everything would uh, yeah. need to change, <laughs> really. I don't think there's a good two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour even thing inside of this, inside of any of the Metal Gear games. The problem is, it, the problem is this, right? Metal Gear is a bunch of basic like standard, almost cliche spy and action movie tropes that have been implanted into Kojima's brain. And then he builds a bunch of weirdness to to justify all of these like tropey action spy things. If you take away all the extraneous stuff and all the Kojima stuff and you get back to brass tacks, you're just left with something completely reductive. Like nothing, none of the original quote unquote original stuff is in the bones of the thing. It's all in like how he builds on top of them. So I feel like it would just be utterly generic once you chipped away everything that it required to get you back to a to a two hour long movie. Also, this movie is happening, right? I mean, it, it's in like pre production, but it's the furthest along it's ever been. Does it have a direct like any? Group? Yeah, Jordan Vote Roberts is the director who directed Kong Skull Island. Oh, I like that movie. Damn, that movie kicks ass though. You know what? Yeah. I kind of. Uh, that's a good director it pick because he is Oscar Isaac on here. Is that right? Oscar Isaac is, uh, yeah, a solid snake. Sure, why not? Sure, Honestly, why it not, doesn't man? matter. You could literally put anyone in that role. It's fine. It's more about, I think, the direction and also just like, are you willing to get fucking zany with it? And he's a Which good director. He, he for... has said he wants to do. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, he's the that's right his fit big for quote. that. Kong Skull Island is a zany fucking movie. I. Oscar yeah. Isaac has always had the vibe to me, and this is about my perception more than anything else, but he has always seemed to me to be like a, a quote-unquote serious actor that's slumming it in drama stuff, or in genre stuff, and I don't know how many things he has to do before I accept that, like, nah, he's just here. He has moved into to genre territory, and he is just going to be the king of it. I mean, it. he does both. He's Yeah, but, <laughs> right? Like... Star Star Wars and Marvel and now Solid Snake. I feel like I I, I don't know. I feel like uh, uh, I think I don't feel as uncomfortable when I see him in genre stuff because he in, seems to enjoy doing it rather than a serious actor that's grabbing a paycheck for. Yeah, I don't think he's thing. grabbing. A that's paycheck. that's all I'm saying. I I agree with that, and I I think it's just a matter of him being a big big star, and any big big star is going to have a lot of genre stuff on their resume these days because it is dune of course the biggest also dune yeah uh fucking dune that that movie rocked um yeah no 
totally. I, I don't. Uh, again, I don't think the movie is going to get made. But if it does get made, I am encouraged by that director choice. Yeah. Okay. The movie is not getting made. Never mind. There there's. There's. An, a, Oscar Isaac was talking about it in October of last year, and he was like, "We want it to happen. What's the script? What's the story? What's the take?" Uh, <laughs> but but hopefully it comes to fruition. It's my yeah, favorite. Yeah. Uh. So. It make more sense as a TV show, right? I mean, right? If anything, I don't think I no. think this I think this shit is unadaptable, gang. Oh, yeah. oh, it would be cool as hell as an anime. An anime would be there cool. What if they did a video game? Um okay. <laughs> uh we got we got a question from JSKFM real quick. What the fuck is the deal with Kojima and character names? And this this game certainly has a lot of wild character names, but when I was doing research for this episode, um, I was reading about the plot of Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake, which came out before this game, um, which had, I think, the best character names in any Kojima project. Just to run through a few of them. Um, Running Man, pretty typical. Red Blaster. Ultra Box, one of the enemies. Uh, Jungle Evil. Good. Night Sight, which was later changed to Night Fright in later versions. <laughs> Uh, ah, it's fucking great. He's great at character names. It, what's funny is that, like, okay, that game came out in what ninety night, like maybe nineteen ninety, like in that NES era, yeah, where like ninety, uh, yeah, ninety games could have enemies named that, and it wasn't that weird. Yeah, like, they're like Mega you, Man enemy names. They were like Mega Man enemy names, right? But then to also use that in fucking <laughs> Death Stranding a million years later is like, you're still doing that shit, huh? That's cool. <laughs> That's great. Some of them are references. Like Hal Emmerich is obviously like uh, Roland Emmerich, the director, and probably Hal the computer uh, from <laughs> yeah. 2000, uh, I would guess. You know, What about Night Fright? Like, Night Fright is tougher. Uh, some of it seems to, is probably stuff that sounded cooler in Japanese. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then once you translate, it's like, I don't know, it doesn't seem that cool to me, but I'm not a native English speaker, so I just got to roll with it. Um, I mean, I like it as somebody who has trouble remembering names. Exactly. You know, right. I'm never going like, to forget Die Hardman. I know exactly who Die Hardman is. Oh, wait, also, do you know Die Hardman's real real name in, 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 in Death Stranding? Hi, Dardman. John McClane. That's great. That's, that's kind of like the diehard guy. Not, not quite a question, but would love to hear the besties discuss any other games that use slash reference their physical copy, like how MGS uses the game case to find the codec code. Now, if you don't remember this time period, I mean, it's copy protection, right? Like, that's what the the, the, the CD case thing is. Yeah, but in um, the case uh, of MGS, I don't think it was copy protection. I no, think I don't think that's cute. what it was. Yeah. In, in Metal Gear Solid, if you don't know, there was one bit where the only way for you to know the, like, correct frequency to punch into your codec was that it was featured on a screenshot on the back of the game case. Yeah. Which is fun, which is great. But there was DRM, very, very, like, proto-DRM, especially in, like, the old uh, PC, uh, like, adventure game days. I remember the uh, the Quest for Glory games had some of this. A lot of those, uh, like, old classic adventure games had it where, like, um, I think it was Quest for Glory 4 had a alchemical like book of formulas in the manual <laughs> that if you did not have that, you could not solve one of the necessary puzzles to progress in the game. 
Love so it. you couldn't just like rip a disc and then have the game without that manual or else like you could not proceed. That shit was not super uncommon for games of that era and genre. Um, Didn't Monkey Island have something like that too? Star Tropics had a page in the instruction manual uh, where it would reveal a code that you needed to beat the game. So great. Um, and I know that the there was a Monty Python game where there was a cheese wheel and it was like a code wheel that you had to turn uh, with the coordinates they gave you at the beginning of it to figure out what kind of cheese they're referencing. <laughs> and that was how you would start the game. So they had to prove that you had a valid uh, copy of it. Um, hilariously, by the way, that Star Tropics, uh, there was a Switch Online version of uh, Star Tropics. Oh, no. And yeah, and it. <laughs> They just kind of put it out, and then people got to that part, I guess, and they were like, "Hey, um, I mean, the internet exists; it's fine." Well, yeah, right. You can if you downloaded it, you have access to the internet. But it is funny that I guess there was a fix in in a Wii U version that was released. Oh, they changed uh, it in the Virtual Console, but it, the the different the release they did for the online version. One of your for, favorite games of last year did this, Tunic. Uh, the the it, whole gimmick of Tunic. I mean, it's referencing that's in that. the game. I mean, yeah. right. I mean, it's in the game, but it is like they 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 found the modern way to do it. I thought yeah. of Tunic because they sent a PR package to me, and it had ga- like things tied to the game in like really subtle ways. So it reminded me of that. But yeah, I think it's a little different how Tunic does it in game. Um, computer games used to come with, this isn't exactly the same thing, but it is fun to talk about it. Um, a lot of PC games used to come with what were called feelies and Mm. they would be like little props, not unlike, I guess what people do with limited edition, uh, stuff these days where you get, you know, a prop from the game, but like, uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy comes with like some, some glasses. There was cool stuff with like detective game that would have a bunch of like, clues in there that you could uh i mean just have a lot of of cloth maps with a lot of like pc rpgs yeah ultima would come with a lot of this stuff Um, i hate the name feelies i couldn't hate it more it's it's like reverberating in my brain feelies no it's bad it's bad it's bad (laughs) i get you it's bad um we've been playing anything else is it that time it is that time. Um, yeah. I want to give a special shout out. We've been streaming now a couple times Sea of Thieves. That game's fucking fun now. I don't know yeah. if you guys know or have kept up with it. They made it fun. They made it fun. There's a lot of stuff in the game now and a lot of things to do, and it's very fun to play. I was playing by myself yesterday. I'm not ashamed Where to admit. I hopped on a sloop and was like, I want to see what these sea forts are all about. Went and cleared out a sea fort, got some money. Uh, the way that they've sort of like changed progression and your like ability to captain your own permanent ship, uh, like all that shit's really cool. And it's got me playing the game, trying to earn enough money to buy a ship for our next stream. Uh, it's, it's, I, I, I really have been enjoying our time with that game. Fantastic. I was mostly playing Metal Gear, so I don't have a lot new to talk about and I watched our homework. So what do you want from me? I started, uh, well, not even started. I watched several episodes at this point. A show called Industry. Oh, it's on <laughs> Max. Was what? No, I've Why'd I've seen it. Why'd you laugh? Yeah, at me? no, it's it's funny. I like that show, but it's funny. It's funny. It's sort of like a um. I you know what? Here's the best pitch I can give. Like Grey's Anatomy crosses succession. Like if that's like your 
If that sounds like your kind of thing, you know what it reminded me of fo- was MTV's Skins with bankers. Do you, okay, do you remember that show, <laughs> MTV Skins? Just a bunch of sexy bankers. Essentially, I guess is what this this show is basically a bunch of sexy bankers that are trying to make money and climb the ladder in that in that world. Uh, there's a lot of hijinks that goes hand in hand. There's a lot of j- jargon in that show. I like a lot of jargon. Really have a tough time nodding. keeping up with all not- the jargon. You were. But you've been on CNBC. I know. How's that possible? I know. It seems unlikely. Um, it's no worse than medical shows. I mean, you get what's happening. You you understand when things are bad and when things are yeah, good. Yeah, that's all which that matters. I think is about <laughs> about all you need to know. Um, I obviously comprehended all of it, but that's good. It's good. We're gonna keep watching it. And uh, the new episode of Paul T. Goldman is absolutely the most wild. wild if you're not shit. watching that show, uh, there's also this is not a uh, this is a warning. This is not a review because I haven't watched it yet, but I'm about to go ham on it. Have you guys seen this show called Traders? No, a, I've guys, heard it's very good. a show good. on Peacock. Yeah. It's called Traders. It's a reality murder mystery show hosted by Alan Cumming in a big mansion. And there's a lot of treachery and murder. And it looks outrageously good. It's got some reality show people, some favorites that I've seen reality shows before. And uh, I... I mean, I haven't watched a single episode of it, but I can give it my stamp of 100% approval. <laughs> Is it going to be like the fuck? I think Fox did Who Done It, which was yeah, a murder mystery. ABC mis- and it whipped ass. It was a murder mystery reality competition show where at the end of each episode, the player who got eliminated was murdered and then was the murder that they had to solve for the next episode. Yeah. What a classic. If it's anything like that, I'll watch every episode of it. Uh, I, I, I have one. Have y'all ever heard about The Shout? No. Okay. So there's this movie from like 1978 called The Shout. And it is about a man who meets Tim Curry at a like mental institution, right? And they're watching a game of cricket. They're keeping score. He's like, I have to tell you a story. And the story is about himself going to a small town and revealing that he has the power of The Shout. Where he shouts so loud everyone dies mm. cool and then the whole movie is building towards will he or will he not shout and let me tell you it rules it's a great movie tim curry is very delightful in it i cannot recommend it enough it's on i think it's on criterion it's on a few places it's one of those movies that i can't imagine like people have to pay big licensing fees for it um, um but it's great i want to i want to give a shout out gdq or a i guess a gdq the wintertime uh, event was last week uh, and it was a great event. They're still doing it remotely. I can't wait for it to, I don't know if it'll ever It's an awesome back, games done quick for people. Awesome games done quick. It's a speed running marathon for charity. Uh, still, still kicks ass even though they're not doing it sort of live in person. Uh, I miss that energy a lot, but I get obviously why they're not doing it that. Anyway, as I expected, the neon white speed run for GDQ this year is fucking radical. Uh, I don't have the name of the runner on hand, but it was really cool, really informative about like all the tech that goes into uh, speed running that game. Uh, it's just a level like uh, level by level speed run. They don't do the cutscenes and all that shit. You'll be glad to hear, I'm sure. But it is uh, it is breathtaking if you played that game and you know endeavored to ace every level. Watching somebody just fucking dissect it in that way is really really good it's my it's my biggest recommended watch of of the whole event looks like uh bladen and tordana were the speedrunners in that 
Thank you to everyone for uh, listening to the show and specifically for the people that took the time to write reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts, uh, specifically to Diana, Faye17, Todrick, and Big B135. Thank you for writing reviews. Thank you to everyone else. The games that we talked about this week included Metal Gear Solid 1, The Last of Us, and The Last of Us TV show. Uh, the Shout, Industry, Paul T. Goldman, Traders, Sea of Thieves, awesome games done quick. Uh, next week we are doing Fire Emblem Engage, the newest entry in the long-running turn-based strategy series Fire Emblem. That's good. I've heard it's good. I'm excited. Me too. Cool. But I'll have <laughs> to wait to talk about it and play it because... We don't have it that's yet. All, we don't have it, and that's all the time we have. So we have to stop now. And that's just podcasting, folks. I'm sorry. But we hope you join us again next time for the besties. Because should the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Steve.